Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of All Ball Chicago. I'm your co-host, Robert Bobby Reed. And I got the legend, the MVP veteran, your man, Mr. Illinois, Marcus Liberty on the mic. What's up, Marcus? Man, what's going on, brother? You see I got my red on today, man. Cause I see. stuff what we want to talk about, man, with those Chicago Bulls, man. Shoot, man. You, did you watch that last <laughs> night, man? Oh, man, man, man. Dude, I, I watched it with my son, Jordan. And uh-huh. we were just sitting here. Because Jordan never seen all of this. He was right. born in 98. Right. So we're him sitting watching it. He was like, man, this dude is like a folklore, man. He's like, he was actually doing all this stuff. Man. Because he they don't they don't they didn't see it. Lit. It wasn't it wasn't hype, you know. It was actual facts, man. When when that guy was out there, when, when Michael was out there on that court, and people just didn't especially our young generation in this era, they haven't seen Mike play unless you saw some videos. And I think they should replay a lot of those games that Mike played in so people can really, really see what's going on, not just, you know, these little snippets of uh, the last dance. But, yeah, he was a bad. But 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 the snippets they showing is something that we didn't even see. Like some oh, of that yeah. behind-the-scenes stuff, all that trash talk with Mike. Oh, yeah. But I knew Mike. I knew Mike always talked trash. That's why I always say this when I was when I talk about Mike. If you don't talk to him, man, and try to get into that trash talking, I mean, he'll give you 30. That's what I'm talking about. But if you start If you don't say nothing to him, he'll give you 30. He'll but if you, you say something 30. to him, then what? It's 40, 50, man. <laughs> or even 60. You know? <laughs> or if he got something in his mind, mental, that, that mental part that – he feels that you think you better. He going at you. He going at you. Yeah. Oh heck, you know. So yeah. you getting the cool thirty anyway? You getting the cool thirty? You getting the cool thirty? If you look, if you listen to, uh, you know, all the coaches that he had. I mean, uh, Doug Collins loved him, so he made sure that Mike had that ball in his hands a lot. So Mike was winning scoring title after scoring title. And 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 once you know, Phil Jackson. See, that's why you got to listen to that man. Like, it's a lot of things that I remember reading, but now when it comes back, you understand. Like, man, Jerry Cross had a plan, man. He had a plan all along. He brought Phil Jackson in on the side, knowing one day, and then he brought Tex Winters in. You know, wanted Tex Winters to interact with uh, Doug Collins at the time, and Doug Collins didn't want to hear nothing about no triangle. Doug Collins, like, I can't, no, no, go sit over there. <laughs> you know, you got, got him <laughs> off the bench, you know, and then, you know, and uh, Jerry Cross was like, this is this is it for you, but we're going we to fire Doug Collins. And Mike was like, are you going to fire him? And we just went to the Eastern Conference Championship, you know, and, and, and how are you going to fire him all of a sudden? So it was a lot of stuff that, you know, Jerry Cross had planned all, all alone, man. It was and it worked out for the boys. I mean, getting Phil Jackson. It was perfect. Getting Phil Jackson, who Phil Jackson had to convince Michael that, look here, man, I know you're used to having the ball in your hands a lot, but you got to trust this uh, triangle offense, man. It, it's going to make your teammates better. It's going to make them want to be involved instead of you just ball hogging the ball pretty much, you know. Hey, but you saw you saw when they was in the locker room and Phil was writing it up. Uh, Mike was cracking jokes like, you, you got a little more space up there. <laughs> he was right. like... <laughs> like, man, are you serious, man? 
Cause so right. Mike was a tough personality to deal with, man. But I mean, you this know, dude's ego was up there out there. But you know, that's just what the great ones do, man. And I think, and if we had some footage of Dr. J and all those guys, I'm pretty sure their leadership was similar to Mike because they want, <clears throat> excuse me, they want to win. Mm-hmm. And when you want to win, that means you got to be tough on your players. You know, that means you got to be the leader on the court. They got to be the leader in practice. I mean, Mike was doing that. He was showing that. So if you do all that, of course, I can get on you if you're not doing what you're supposed to. And that's what Mike was doing. If you listen to it, man, my, uh, Bob, it was crazy just hearing him, you know, go at these players and, and, and really challenging them. You know, I remember one time when I think the Bulls were playing against Detroit and it was in Chicago and Scottie Pippen got fouled real hard. And Mike was talking at the time. He said, if, if Scotty goes up, get back up and go at him. I, I don't think, you know, he was basically saying he, he won't be ready. But mm-hmm. Scotty stayed down there, got his thoughts right together, man, and bounced back up and didn't bump nobody, didn't say nothing, man. He said, Mike said, that's when I know, knew Scotty was ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it that was, was uh it was uh it, it was uh it was some stuff going on man that like you said <laughs> when they start videoing this man and documenting it's like wow man we, that was I, something else that they had that presence of mind to do that man because they know they knew something man i mean you, you when you have someone special like mike you know they feel something you gotta video that you gotta i think phil was he had that concocted oh like, man okay phil. last dance phil but you was, had love to play for phil Phil was a mastermind. Phil was was before his time, man. Think about this. And I don't think no coaches even see what he was actually doing. Phil might not might not have been an X and O type of coach, but he played those mind games, getting into those those guys' minds to make them understand and believe in him. And then Tex Winters came along and put his flavor into that with that offense which we all know the triangle offense, it had multiple, so many options running through that, that that's all you needed to run. So Phil let him do that. Phil probably was more of a defensive type coach and, and, and set it up, but you got to think, man, he had three defensive players, probably in the top top 10 or top five each year. Dennis right. Rodman, Michael Jordan, and Scottie Pippen. That was, that was tough. That was tough. I was just looking at the fact that, um, you know, Phil Jackson, his humble beginnings, you know, how he came through the ranks. Like, I didn't know he had two ter- two championships with the Knicks. Did you? Yeah, I knew he, I knew he had championships. I knew he played. He had with two. I, knew I didn't even know that. I knew he played with him, but I didn't know he had two titles. But but you, did you see, like, when they was talking about Phil when he was playing, him and Dennis Rodman was so, so, so similar so that's what made Phil, I think, relate to Dennis Rodman a little better than most coaches because right. he's, he had similarities. Both of them like to rebound. Both of them love to play defense. And, and I think it was an easy fit for uh, Phil Jackson to communicate with Dennis Rodman, and we saw that. And they left that out that Phil was a stoner, too. Oh, yeah. As you know, Phil was a big-time stoner, and he was yeah. rebellious because he come up in that uh, Protestant that, home. Yeah. So – yeah, that was the era too back then, man. I mean, Woodstock and 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 all that, man, and people, you know, smoking and 
Yeah. Drinking and, and, and you saw Dennis Rodman. I mean, he was coming out of the locker room back then, man, with a light beer. Every time he came out, you saw a light <laughs> beer in his hand. But how about I, the story, Liv? Uh, they had they gave uh, Dennis Rodman 48 hours to go to Vegas, and they had to go get him out the bed with Carmen Electra. Come on, right, <laughs> right, right. It's, I mean, you know what, man, just listening to that. You know, said he needed a break. He needed a vacation. You know, he needed to, you know, get his mind right. And then Phil went to went to Michael, and Michael was basically saying, "You know, you know, you know, he's not coming back." <laughs> you know, and then, and then to see, you know, him going down there doing all that stuff he was doing, uh, Rodman, and then still coming back, you know, and doing what he was doing in practice and, and all that. But yeah, Michael had to come back and, and get him. You know, to make sure he was, you know, ready to come and play, man, for the, you know, for the Chicago Bulls. Because I don't think he would have came back if Mike would have got. He'd have been gone for at least a week. Dennis was up in that. I was going to say that he was in there with Carmen Electra. Imagine that. That type of night from the bar. Oh man, that was that was fun, man. I guess the biggest thing I took from that was that. Those brothers, no matter how elite they were, they was respectful with, with each other. And like when Mike said, he caught on to the gesture that Dennis Rodman asking him for a cigar was his way of saying, hey, man, I messed up. Right. Right. And I think you need that, though. Uh, even though you, we all communicate in different kind of ways, and I think that was Dennis Rodman's way of saying, man, I'm sorry. You know, even though he didn't say it verbally. Mike got it. He's like, Dennis never rock, knocked on my door and asked him, came in my room and did anything. So he knew that was his way of saying, I'm sorry, and I got your back. You know, and then just hearing how he had to go to Dennis and let Dennis know, look here, Scotty's not playing right now. I need you. you know, right. I need you. I need that second player. And Dennis Rotman stepped up, man. You saw it. He, he started, yeah. like, once Mike gave him that confidence and started believing in him, they took off and started winning more ball games without Scotty Pippen. Yeah, yeah, that was something else. But let's go back to the fact that they were smoking cigars while they was in the league. <laughs> like, that's that's I'm, like I'm, I'm telling you, man. They were doing a lot of stuff, man. I'm telling you, when I when I got to the league, I think they was just getting away from that, man. But it was always a cooler full of beers in in, in our locker room, man. You know, so. I, it didn't. It didn't surprise me about the cigars. I mean, we didn't do it. They didn't do it as much when I, when, you know, in Denver when I was in Denver. But I'm pretty sure those guys, you know, were smoking. You know, uh, wow. It's just, you just think the athlete. He's not smoking. He's not doing nothing. But Mike was smoking them stokies the whole duration, man. No, well, I think he caught on to that later, though. Yeah, like he said, but. Yeah, the Chicago Bulls uh, last dance. Uh, I would like to give two thumbs up on that. Man, no question. It was, I'm telling you, I, I usually don't stay up, man, late. And I, I, you know, each Sunday, you know, this is the second Sunday I stayed up the whole time and watched it, man, because I wanted to bring back some of my memories. What I, you know, remember watching, you know, Mike play and do his thing, man. And, and it just got me back excited again, you know, like, man, it actually had me want to go play, go, go hoop, man. I remember that move when he went against the Lakers, when he, he went up and then come back up on the other side with his left hand. Like and, yesterday. 
just like yesterday, man. And then to see his shoes, I'm watching his shoe game too. So every time oh. he was playing, I was watching his shoes. I'm like, man, Eric, that goes those sixes, that goes those fours, you know. He was just man. Oh, he was a bad man. But that one year, Doug Collins said I coached him that year. He was uh all-star game MVP, scoring excuse me, scoring champ, MVP of the league. Uh what what else was he? He had he was like a five. No, he was in, he was MVP of the regular season, MVP I think in the playoffs or something like championship or no not championship but no he got the scoring title yeah he got the scoring, scoring title, title MVP all star of the league all star yeah. MVP and scoring leader and dunk defensive, content and 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 uh, defensive player of the year and defensive player of the year yeah, yeah. that's everything. That was. That was. <laughs> and then they fired Doug. But I, you know what? I remember telling my boys uh, that they was going to fire Doug Collins. I can see it coming. Yeah, it I can see hard. it coming. I mean, and you listen. I mean, you listen to the things that they were saying about Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause was manipul manipulating a lot of things, man, as you, as you watch it. Like, he was putting pieces in behind the scenes when you thinking that, oh, he's just hiring this guy's assistant coach. But he was actually ready to make moves. You know, whenever was, the time was right, the timing was right, and he made the moves. He was like, you know what, Doug Collins probably didn't take these guys as far as they can go. Let's go get another guy. You know. Well, yeah, Doug good. definitely opened Mike up. I oh, mean, yeah. he drew up everything for Mike. He got Mike to where Mike was able to have total confidence out there. Oh, and we no can question. definitely give Doug Collins that, and the coaching for that too. Though <laughs> they was drawing up everything for Mike too. But oh, I guess man. I guess the best thing that ever happened to Mike was Phil Jackson. You know, of making him share that ball, and he bought into it. No question, man. Mike, Mike, and Mike loved him. You know, they had that relationship, man. You know, as Doug was interviewing, like, man, y'all thinking I don't like Michael. Michael was mad at me and all that. Michael, come here and, and give me a kiss. And then Michael, yeah, cheek, man, and, and it just shows. It just shows the relationships between, you know, your elite player, your all-star player, and your coach. They had that bond, man. And it seems like Mike had. Doug that was bond. thirty-two. It seemed like, but it seemed like Mike had that bond with a lot of the coaches, man. He that he yeah. had, that was coaching him. I don't know too much about the Stan Allback one, but uh, Doug Collins and Phil Jackson, he definitely had that that great relationship with. Yeah, I mean, when you got a guy like that to come in there and work his ass off the way that Mike do, that's and that makes everybody else work their tail off. You know, you know what I you know what I remember uh, watching last night, and I just don't know why, but it seems to me that. Horace Grant didn't get enough just due uh, in that documentary. I don't know if they're going to do some more down the road with Horace Grant or not, but it just seems like they just gave us little bits and bits and pieces of, of Horace Grant, and I thought they should have gave him a little bit more credit because he was a big part of those championships. Only thing was, I, I think I thought about it once we got off the phone this morning, why? He wasn't a part of the last dance. This was the last dance. He was in or uh, Orlando doing that last three championships. Well, I can see I can see someone getting mad, you know. That, yeah, he jumped shift and went over to Orlando and and did his thing over in. Orlando. Yeah, he started taunting us too. I mean, I think he was upset because I think he really wanted to stay there, but it, you know they put him in a bind, a tough situation, and he jumped ship. I mean, you see that you see that all the time, man. But I think some people was upset, you know, that he left and 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 
and and and that's a good point. What you said that, that they, this this was about the last dance, and it was about the last dance. Wasn't on that. He wasn't on the team then. He so wasn't on that rock star team. That was a good point. That's a rock star team, buddy. Michael Jordan had mics mics in his face all that whole duration, man. But you know, we lived through it, and we think back to Chicago during that time, and when when they brought Dennis Rodman to Chicago, and nobody wanted Dennis Rodman at that point but I know they're gonna get to this point and I, I might be speeding up but remember when we had uh Edwards Sally and Robin on the floor with Mike and Pip that year um I remember the players but I don't remember that that starting lineup uh, I don't think that wasn't no part of when they was winning though uh-huh that was at the end that was the last part of that last dance when they had uh well Sally I think but I remember when uh, Phil used the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, that was during the last dance. He used the Detroit Pistons backcourt at one time on the floor with Mike and Pip. With Big uh, Buddha, they, uh with the goatee. What was his name? James, Buddha, right? James, Edwards. Dan, James Edwards. John Sally and uh, Dennis Robin on the floor with Mike and Pip. Okay, okay. And they're going to get to that. I know they're going to get to it because if they took the nucleus of that backcourt they put it in Chicago. Phil was genius for that because he went to L.A. and did the similar things. He kept those veterans around. And that's what coaches need to learn from Phil Jackson. You know what? But I think once you master and understand that triangle offense and if you get people to buy in, especially your elite, your top players, like Michael Jordan brought in, it doesn't matter who they brought in because that triangle was all about movement. You know, mm -hmm. certain movements, and you got to know triangle on this side, but you still connected to another triangle on the other side, you know, and right. that's what I noticed when I was watching the triangle. I was like, oh, so this is how that triangle works. Yeah. You know, it just keep rotating, like. It keeps moving, man. Yeah. Just, so yeah. if, you, if you pass to one guy in the post and you cut through the other side and that guy comes and replace at that angle, it's a triangle on the other side. So yeah. they were breaking it down, man, and it was beautiful. So was think about beautiful that. Basketball. So if I if I if I go to the Lakers, and I have a player, I'm not go, we're gonna say the name Kobe Bryant, who's uh -huh. similar to Michael Jordan, who's ball dominant, but if I can get him to buy into what we're doing as well, I can win championships because it's it's so much similarity. But right. now you got the big fella down low. Shaquille O'Neal, it makes that triangle even more crazy. Think about right. that. Because now right. I got the outside and the inside present. Nasty. Crazy. Yeah, I think that that uh, Lakers team was definitely loaded, and they thrived off of that. What do you think, though, um, you know, with Tex Winters being there, why, why didn't he get a head coaching job? Was he just an offensive coach? No, because he was – he was. I think he was coaching in, what, high, college or high school. They showed some of the stuff he was doing when he was breaking down that, uh, the, 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 the triangle offense because that's how uh, Jerry Cross met him because he was like, man, this guy is so in detail with that offense that I like it, you know, and I think mm -hmm. it can work, you know, here. So I can't remember exactly where, you know, Tex Winters was when he was doing that, but I think that's – one of the pieces, and I think maybe Tex didn't want to be, but we have to do some research. He could have been right. a head coach, and I just, we just don't know. I always wonder why he never would do that, but I guess it, now it all starting to make sense. He was just an offensive coach, like football teams have offensive, defensive coaches. I want to give Jerry Cross genius status after that documentary, and here's why. 
in spite of all the things that people were saying about him, how Mike them dogged him, how people put him down, he put everybody in place in a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he was the mastermind behind it. And I, I think if he would have just put his ego to the side a little bit, because he wanted the credit and nobody was really given the credit because everybody was, you know, coming out saying Michael Jordan is Michael, Michael, Michael. And mm -hmm. behind the scenes, Jerry Krause was the one was putting that team, you know, for, you know, together. He was formulating something special. But at the same time, he was the one that tore it down, too. He tore it down, too. So, yeah, he was a gift and a curse of that. And he definitely, uh, I don't know why he did that. Well, we know why he did that. But uh, Phil Jackson proved that he can go anywhere and win if you give him enough talent. Right. So, yeah, man, that 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 was that that show, man, that was awesome right there. Bro. That was a beautiful. I mean, they, they, this documentary that they're doing is awesome, man, and I think it's it's also educational uh, to a lot of our younger players, uh, especially if they couldn't stay up late. I mean, maybe they can go watch it, you know, the replays, the reruns of it. Uh, during the day because, you know, we all stuck at home. And I know some of the young kids, I'm talking about the eight-year-olds, they're not up that late. But if they can get a chance to read, I mean, look at some of the documentary, the video footage of Michael Jordan and listen to some of the conversations, how people talk about how hard he worked no matter what, you know, in practice and in game. And he is considered the greatest of all time. I mean, you just don't get that, man, that, that he gets both, like, Kid, the guy works hard, and he wins championships. That, that it just shows you how rare Michael Jordan really was. You know how, even in this day and age, like we never we didn't hear Mike really speak out until we lost Kobe Bryant. Remember, Mike been gone. Like he, you don't see him do interviews, nothing. Right. And then for him to do this documentary, he letting us in. Like Mike was a very private guy. Yeah. He had his boys, but you had to be his boy, man. And then all of this stuff he's doing, man, this is just perfect timing for these young athletes to know that it just it's not just about talent. And I think I think this is the right time with you know COVID-19 being you know out here and everybody's at home. So I think a bunch of people, because I don't know if a lot of people would have really watched this if it would have came out, you know, back when they said it and then COVID-19 wasn't, you know, around. I don't think a lot of people, I think we would have got some people to watch it, but I don't think a lot of people would have watched it just because of this, where we at, you know, because I was at, everybody's at home, you know, so it's nothing else really to do. And this is good, you know, good dialogue and good sports. And watching the last dance and understanding who Michael Jordan really was and Phil Jackson and all those guys, man, even Dennis Rodman, man, when I was listening to, you know, him, his upbringing, and I knew about it, but for your mom to kick you out, you know, at 18 years old and tell you, I don't, you know, basically don't want you no more, that that hurt me. That, that hurt me, man, just listening to that, that your, your mom gave up on you. And he's living on the streets. I'm talking about he literally said I was living in parks, sleeping on park benches and staying at people's houses and 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 and, and, and in bleachers and, and you know things like that. And I'm like, how could someone just give up on their child? You know, so that was that was touchy, man. And then he had this one coach that believed in him. 
you know, saw something in Dennis Rodman and Dennis Rodman, you know, you can hear it in his interviews. Like, I just want to hoop and get my education, get my degree. And whatever happens after that, you know, happens. Yeah, man. Those are, the, the, we get, we're getting a chance to see more of the people, what's inside of these people. Do whether it's just not basketball. We're seeing outside of that, you know, their private lives and like Scotty Pippen, his private life. And I this think is getting should, better, fellas. I think I think we should see more documentaries about like like warriors, for instance. I think we should see something. I want to see a documentary about how they all was getting along and and then you know you bring KD. I think we should see more documentaries like that set up. And also on on a college level, I think. I, w- I really want to know how John Thompson was with those, with that 84, 83, 84 team, Patrick Ewing and, and, and Reggie uh, Williams and David Wingate and, and all of those I mean, come on, man, because this is something that I think can educate a lot of people, you know, especially on how a black African-American, you know, coach was doing his thing with black African-American players. So I, yeah. I would love to. I would love to see a documentary on Georgetown and winning, and winning. I mean, and being in the tournament every time. Yeah, John Thompson was a, to me. I, he was another genius, you know, type of coach to me. You know, he made he made sure that he had the right pieces. I mean, he went out and recruited, you know, guys, and they had to, of course, buy into him. But I would love to hear some of the stories about John Thompson and his players. I think right now uh, uh, with this all coming out, we're going to see a lot of copycatting going on because it's, it's dissension amongst these teams, man. These are professional athletes. You could agree with that. You, It's a job, so you don't have to get along with each other every day. You're just coming to work, you know? So and, we're going to see a and, lot of it. And you don't, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I didn't, I mean, when I was in Denver, I didn't hang out with all 15 of the players, you know? It was it was select guys that you knew you can hang out with and kick it with, you know, and then it was some guys that, you know, you know, it is what it is. You know, they, they not out trying to do the partying and all that. They out, they out, you know, taking care of business. And then you got the ones that want to go out and, and do their thing, but to each his own, man, you know, um, but I think you're going to see, you know, more, definitely more documentaries, especially, especially about the NBA, you know, teams. Yeah. Man, this was a good one, big bro, man. We right at that hash mark, man. Uh, man the Lead Podcast Network, once again, we dropped the jewel, baby. This is show number 21, baby. My man, Marcus Libby and Bobby Reed, we having a ball with this, man. This is learning, bro. Yes, sir, man. So, so uh, I enjoyed it, man. I can't wait till the next one, you know, again, drop uh, next Sunday. And uh, again, man, we'll be, we'll be chopping it up and talking about what's going on and and just giving you know giving 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 that heat man like we always do and 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 loving what we do and and not trying to knock on anybody you know we all about trying to uplift people so that's what our podcast is all about all ball chicago and man with no further ado i'm your co-host robert bobby reed we got the legend the mvp veteran margaret living on the line what you finna be on big dog Man, it's time for me to unlace the shoes, man. Peace. We are about it, One love. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.